This is People Who Play, a show about the art of playful living. I'm Emma Warrillow, researcher, writer and part-time mermaid. And I'm Ben Martin, content creator and nostalgia junkie. Every episode we discuss family life, playtime and we interview a guest who has found a way to play at life. From creatives to educators to comedians, our aim is to inspire more grown-ups to grow down and unleash their unique play powers. If you'd like to join our play crew and find more inspiration and info on play, follow at playful underscore den on Instagram. And for all your retro feels, find me on Instagram at benflyingretro. I'm on there too, at Emma Warrillow, E-M-M-A, W-O-R-R-O-L-L-O, really. This podcast drops bi-weekly on Mondays, but if that's not enough to get your playful vibes vibing, you can also join my Patreon for £5 a month and you'll get a personal pod from me, which drops alternate Mondays. Plus, you can now watch the video interviews of our guests directly in there too. We really do appreciate all your likes, subscribes, follows and shares. These digital high fives really mean a lot to us and help us to grow the show. Okay, let's get on with the episode. It's playtime. Hello and welcome to People Who Play, the podcast that just keeps on giving. It's giving a lot. Relationship advice. A lot of feedback coming in on this pod, Ems. Hot feedback. Yeah? Yeah. What are you getting? People really enjoy how close we sit. It's become a thing. The proximity. They like listening to it, imagining how close we are and they find that funny. I I tell you who it's not funny for. Us. No. I refuse to level up our equipment until we get a sponsor. Right. Yes, what we require is two mics. Yeah. And then we can sit a little bit further away from each other. Yeah, and then we can also record it in the lounge. But imagine if the magic dies. Oh, I do do think it will. Well, I think the magic dies in all marriages after a while, Emma. (laughs) Nine this one, baby. (laughs) How are you, Ben? Well, I'm fine, but how... Are you? You've yeah. been naughty. You're in the doghouse. Yeah, it was a bad. <laughs> Tell people. It was a bad day for me yesterday, people. Hungover. I, I had an adult headache. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Emma went out boozing. She boozed too hard and she spent the whole of Sunday vomiting up like a teenager. It was awful. Like a teenager on prom night. Can you hear how croaky I am? No, you sound terrible. Yeah, I know. Um, You sound like the Emperor from Star Wars. That's what happens when I try and, like, drink what other people drink. Oh, so you're saying it's society's fault. Everyone else. (laughs) I love this. This is classic Emma. You never take responsibility for your own actions. Oh, no, it's fully my fault. But I I cannot drink for that sustained amount of time. Yeah. Your favourite sort of night out or night in is done by 8pm in bed by 9. Yeah, I like to start a night out at sort of like, yeah, at like 3, 4pm, have some drinks, have some food, get home, like have a cup of tea, have some water, have a shower, be in bed by 10.30. Yeah, it's not realistic. It's not not realistic. Not at your age. No, but that is, I much prefer that. Because I think it's the tiredness for me as well that just elevates the hangover. Is there anything worse on planet Earth than having a sort of grade five level hangover and having children to look after? It's awful. It's horrendous. That hasn't happened to me for quite a while. Well, I mean, it's a bit like being ill and having 
kids to look after but but you get extra guilt because you just feel like disgusted with yeah yourself. you can't even blame it on illness no that was you yesterday that was me yesterday and you actually i mean you didn't have much choice because i was just in bits but you took scout out and i thought to myself this is the greatest act of love <laughs> I've ever received. I was so grateful. I didn't get out of bed till 3pm. No, I did say to you at 3pm, well, I text you because you couldn't communicate. I just thought, are you going to go all the way through? I wanted to. Like a baby, like she's going to go all the way through, all through the day, through the night, just wake up. If I didn't have a house full of people that I loved, I would have. Carefully worded. <laughs> But today is a new day. It's a new day. It's a new week. It's a new week. I also feel like everyone is a bit burnt out in our family because the weekend, there wasn't just that incident. We I had, tell you, this woman, she will speak for everyone. We had, No, but we had sleepovers, kids parties, grown-up parties. Like It was a full weekend. Everyone this morning. I mean, I would not be surprised if we get a call from... The, the school <laughs> or social services. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those kids is coming home today. They were both in bits this morning. Come back soon for more responsible parenting tips. You say it's a big week. Why is it a big week? Because it's new. Oh, okay. I'm turning into, um, do you know about Bear Grylls and his opportunity clock? <laughs> he doesn't call an alarm clock an alarm clock. He calls it an opportunity clock. Oh, do you know what? That is amazing that you said that because... Indie, the, some of the stuff our kids come out with is mind-blowing. So she said to me the other day, she was like, Dad, what's the point of an alarm clock? And I said, wait, hang on, what do you mean? I was like, it gets you up. And then she was like, she sort of thought, she was like, yeah, well, it doesn't actually get you up, does it? It just makes a noise. And I said, no, yeah, you've got to do that bit. Like, all it can do <laughs> is it, it makes the sound and then you have to get up. And she was so deadpan, deadly serious. She was like, but maybe it needs to have sort of arms that come out and then they get you up. Well, me and India are on the same level. I agree. She, her confusion of how useless an alarm clock was is incredible. Like that, it's laziness on an amazing scale. It's funny you should talk about alarm clocks, Ben, because you know what I've done? I've stumbled across a bit of research. <laughs> Where are you finding research? Well, I've got two bits of research. Well, I didn't plan to talk about this one, but I've definitely read something recently about kids should have their own alarms, not their parents getting them up. Like there's something very... Well, my children are my alarm clock. Yeah, exactly. Scout is the alarm clock. But I was thinking about like, Phoenix. There was a sort of... There's been a real shift with him to increase like independence and responsibility and I feel like there was a time where you were just like oh he you know he's never he never picks his stuff up he never tidies his room he doesn't like think about organizing himself and just you know patience and persistence and now he's amazing like he does set his alarm he's up he's dressed he has a shower he keeps his room immaculate and it's like, you just, you can't, you can't label kids too early. What, do you think we've actually successfully raised a I think we might child have. that <laughs> could actually integrate himself into society? I think we might have. Wow. That will not happen with all of them. No. You just, you just can't. <laughs> yeah, no, he's amazing. He's on great form at the moment. He's a real, real pleasure to be around. Actually, that is one thing that I did have on my notes to talk about was I've been 
wrestling with Phoenix a lot. I thought, honestly, with you, you could have signed up to a wrestling meet. With you, you could have just been like, I have been wrestling. End of sentence. Yeah. I'm signed up to a course, a ladies course, and I'm wrestling four nights a week. I probably would like that. I would be. I think I'd be a bit scared now. I used to do kickboxing. And Women's wrestling, massive. Yeah, I bet. Massive. You'd be bloody good at it. I'd be really good. I am a real American. I couldn't wear my glasses though, so I might not be able to see Oh my God. Should we get you into the UFC? I could be your manager. You know how it, back in the WWF days... They'd always have managers that were sort of characters as well. Yes. Like The Undertaker had a really weird, scary little dude. Yeah, I do remember that. That could be me for you. (laughs) I did used to, when I, like back in the day, when before kids and before uh, major household bills, I used to have a personal trainer twice a week and go to two boxing classes a week right Cameron Diaz I know honestly where was I the indulgence of time and financial just spend on well-being disposable income oh my god it's off the charts this must have been when I was in my 20s and sometimes I would get to these personal training sessions he was a boxing trainer he was an amazing guy um really funny and I'd be like Lee train me like I'm going into a fight (laughs) Right, I thought you were going to say train me like one of your French girls. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. Wearing this. Wearing only this. Every Uh, week we have a Titanic quote. We do. (laughs) We do. We keep that going. Anyway, I've been wrestling with Phoenix and I wanted to mention it because I get quite a lot of DMs on Instagram about how to like keep playing with your kids when they get older because it is hard like they lose interest in stuff they get very distracted by their screens there's feels like time is very squeezed with homework and all that stuff I just want to advocate for a good wrestle cost you nothing doesn't take much time oh sorry you actually mean wrestling yeah oh right I was joking Emma no we're wrestling good so it's very very simple you just have to get the aim is to get the person floored on the bed. Right. Um, and it just instantly changes the mood because he can sometimes be quite down when he gets back from school. I think it's just like the sheer overwhelm. So of, your answer is have a good old wrestle. Have rough a good and tumble. wrestle. Rough yeah. and tumble. Rough and tumble play. There's a lot that's been written and said about rough and tumble, rough and tumble play that's really good for us. But all of the research and information is often around younger children but we don't, our brains are still developing until we're 25. So I think a lot of these play patterns that are quite important and that are very innate in young children, we need to keep them going. No, I did keep them going. I think you need to have, do you think you need to have a sort of same sex sibling to do that? Because me and my brother would wrestle and box and do that when we were really old. Yeah, that's true. Obviously, actually. Phoenix doesn't yeah. have, you know, Phoenix isn't going to do that with Indy. He'd destroy her world. Yeah, that's true. You couldn't yeah. wrestle Indy good wrestle but I've been wrestling with him and it's really funny and grappling also, it is so knackering it's it's a workout please can you just be careful with his bed I don't yeah. want you to, <laughs> don't break it no we, we're not it's not that yeah no he won't but yeah have a good wrestle and the other thing I've been doing is chasing him around the house 
Right. Like proper, like hiding behind the sofa, popping out, terrifying him. It's just like these little things. They're very like, very intense, high energy movement that has some element of risk in it. Very good. Yeah, quick question. Where the heck have I been when this is going on? I don't know. Probably with Scout. Sounds right up my street. Yeah, it's been really fun. I've been doing it for a couple of weeks now and it's just... Yeah, you can turn your house... shift in energy. ...into a playhouse, can't you? You could just constantly, like, jump out and scare people and... Yeah, but he loves all that. But yeah, it's it's been been a real... Oh, I'm going to get you so good. Oh, great. Because you've got this thing about you hate being followed up the stairs, don't you? Oh, my God. In any scenario. So the stairs for you are very much a, I'm going up... So you stay at the top. When I'm up, you may descend. Yeah, if you... I think... And the same when you're going up. It's like, I, wait till I get to the top and then you may ascend the stairs and, you know... Yeah, do not step on a step when I'm on them. Yeah, you hate it. I do. It's like I a home intrusion it. weird thing going on there. I think when I was a kid, my mom or dad or both of them used to chase me up the stairs like a lion. Yes. And this is like such a good example of how lucid the imagination is as a child like i genuinely felt like there was a lion behind me like yeah. i can feel it now like my heartbeat mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like and then they'd like put their hands on the steps like this so it'd be really loud as they were coming up and i would squeal and i think it's just stayed with me <laughs> i tell you what you could not do that on our stairs oh god no you cut your forehead open yeah our stairs are something that maybe should be in the tape modern or yeah, they're the most unchild-friendly um, staircase you could have built, and we built it. <laughs> and we built it. We did not know that we were having that third child. Correction, we did, because I was pregnant when they were building those stairs. Correction, and, and, we knew. We <laughs> and I had to go up on a ladder. <laughs> our eyes were open. Yeah. Stairs are for life. Toddlers grow Wait, older. what? Oh, yeah, but kids are for life too. Yeah, but the toddlers grow older. They're not toddlers forever. Yeah. Right, the other piece of research that I've stumbled across, I'm going to say where I found it because I think this might be of interest to our lovely listeners. So I listened to a podcast called the Happiness Lab podcast, and they've got a two-part episode on there called Letting Your Kid Try and Fail. And I was listening to that the other day because I think on the last episode we were talking about how much do you sort of get involved with your kids' play and finding that balance between spending time with them and letting them independent play. They talked about this study, which I found really interesting, I'll just summarise it. They had two groups of people, two groups of kids. One group of kids, they were working on some sort of like problem-based challenge, like a puzzle or a model or something. One group of kids had a bunch of parents who were sort of constantly like helping them and sort of showing them the answers and stuff like that as they went along. Another group of kids just did it by themselves and they did this a few times and then they changed the a difficulty of the challenge. So they put something in there that was a lot more challenging. The kids that had, whose parents were sort of doing, you know, interfering and stuff like that, basically said, I don't think I can do that. It's too hard for me. And the kids that had been doing the other challenge by themselves just got got on with it, just got stuck in. What that shows is that independent play builds a specific trait Um, I think, which is um, persistence. So it it really does build persistence. And having too much interference 
can lower your sense of what you're capable of. What are you trying to say? I've got to back off. <laughs> Not you specifically, but I just thought that was a really interesting How do you just study. stumble across that? Oh, Ben, as I said, I'm, all, I'm a researcher. That is my literal job. I'm always stumbling right. across research. Just stumbling around in the dark. Yes, I guess. Yeah, it's very hard as a father to do that with a toddler. You know, it's like... But that specifically relates to how you're interacting. That's not about you're time You're about spent. Heli- helicoptering. Yeah, it's like, oh, don't put the puzzle piece there. Put it here. Like, it's that. Oh, you're it's, doing it wrong. It's that, it's that sort of... what That was what the commentary was on. Not, you know, you shouldn't spend any time with your kids playing. You don't do that sort of play with Scout anyway. It's more sort of noise-based. No, yesterday we were building... We've got these fake bricks. I love those fake bricks, They're so cool because they they look like actual bricks. They look terrifying, but they're soft. So we were blocking up the hallway, and then I was pretending to be a dinosaur, running around, and then he'd run through the bricks. But I was really getting into my dinosaur noises. (laughs) Oh, are you? Like, massively. I was really in, into them. Oh, he keeps telling me he's scared of dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> I can Would tell... you like to do one now? No, I can tell that he is scared of dinosaurs, but he kind of wants to do it because he's, like, he's interested in that new feeling, I think. Yeah. He is really become more aware of stuff can be scary have you noticed that yeah that's yeah yeah you notice it when you put them to bed don't you because for so long you know lights on or off means nothing to them yeah dark is doesn't yeah innately mean something scary and now it's sort of yeah Yeah. it does because they're little imaginations we had quite a tough week with scout last week he is most of the weeks are tough he's pushing every single button he can find do you mean what, like on our remotes or your actual buttons? Soul, soul. soul buttons. <laughs> soul button pushing, yeah. Um, but I feel like, I, I know you sort of struggled a bit last week. I feel like I've had quite a lot of breakthroughs with him during this phase. Oh, I feel the opposite. I've, I've you, had zero breakthroughs. I know, yeah. You, you're, an, And I thought this would be good to dig into because I am really finding it not that bad his pushing back his tantrums his shouting it's not affecting me as much as it's affecting you and I was thinking about this the other day and I know the only reason why I feel able to cope with it is because I feel mentally and physically very well I feel very enthusiastic and motivated about just life and what's coming next and also and I I don't (laughs) (laughs) and also I have a sense of I just really get that it's a phase like he's not going to be like that forever and I also come at it from a place of empathy like kids that young they're not naughty because they're trying to be naughty like there is always a reason underlying why they do something and I have been able to like sit with him and ask him questions and like try and fill in the gaps so like the other day he was I think you getting up with him and you put a jumper on and he basically just started shouting at you about the jumper so I try and like just think what is the problem and then I because kids can't articulate it to you sometimes they don't even know so I just keep trying to fill in the gaps so I was like Scout are you do you feel angry because you want to have a jumper on like daddy and he's like yeah 
And then he just like, it sort of flips him out of it. I don't even know if that is the actual cause, but it's almost like I try and show him that I'm trying to understand a reason for it. And the same with the going to bed stuff. Like when he started getting a bit funny about that, I just sat with him and I said, do you feel safe? And he said, yeah. I said, do you feel confident? And he said, yeah. And then I said, do you feel scared? And he said, yeah. And then I said, what do you feel scared of? And then he just, he just like his little lip went and he just went lawnmowers. <laughs> I was like, oh, because there was a lawnmower going off and it was dark. So he couldn't really see it. He was trying to look out the window to find this lawnmower, but because it was so dark, he couldn't see it. So in his little head going to bed there's like a big monster lawnmower out there yeah i like it when you put on your nursery voice (laughs) what's my nursery voice like oh oh come sit here scout now let's have a chat yeah sometimes you just you know you haven't got the patience to do nursery voice no you haven't and that's why you have to like i was thinking because i do feel very well in myself at the moment and i was like patience is patience a privilege because it's very hard to be like that if you've got a lot going on and you're super stressed i think mr t said something about that once um no i'm serious this is mr t talking it's capital t that rhymes with me you know sometimes we get so wrapped up in how a problem bothers us we don't see what the problem really is so when you get your feelings hurt by somebody you love think a minute before you cry and moan about your own feelings because the person you love might be the one who's really hurting. Take it from me, Mr. T. We can all learn so much from Mr. T. Now, I, I think that that's going to be a regular segment. I'm going to play one of Mr. T's inspirational quotes on every episode of this. And I think that really backs up what you were just saying. I love how I bring out all of these, like, research and, like... Yeah, look. And you've... <laughs> just constantly refer to mr t you're stumbling around and you bump into research i stumble around and i bump into mr t motivational videos on youtube it's a good balance we got we got you covered guys <laughs> now look speak like whilst we're all getting deep and emotional this is ella rue now i know this is a podcast it's not a visual medium but i feel that i need this 1980s wuzzle with me when i converse with you as a an emotional support animal he's fully licensed i can take him into cafes um i've got a little card i will never forget when you ordered that wuzzle it was an amazing moment so you tracked that down you found it on ebay yeah and when it turned up your reaction something happened to me something happened to you i just i just i I almost started crying i just went back i just went back to being a kid i grabbed it opened it i just couldn't believe it and phoenix and indy still talk about it they were like they were sort of like half like finding it funny half like is dad okay they like went really no but i was i was really really happy yeah i I know but But they like didn't really know what was going on because you just... It's watching a grown man with a plush. a grown man take a plush out of an envelope. (laughs) Yeah, but it would be like, who are the ones that they've imprinted on? Sleepy Z for Mm. Phoenix, who I think he still has somewhere. Mm, It would be like getting him in the post when when he's 40. Yeah. That'd be a reaction. Yeah, Scout hasn't imprinted, imprinted on anything. He hasn't really, has he? 
pound puppy. He loves that pound he loves puppy. That pound puppy, yeah, he does. Well, I, I think you're going to find that that's going to happen around this time as well. Mm. As he's getting scared of things, he's also going to start like loving things. And I think I remember Indy never used to like sleeping with a teddy. I'd like tuck her in, and she'd be like, "Move all those away." Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, scouts like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have had a little creative side project on the go recently, Benj. I printed, I wrote and printed my first zine. A magazine. So Do people not call magazines a, a zine? A zine is more like a short magazine. Right. Yeah. A novella. No, a right. zine. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I was sort of kicking myself because I didn't know how many to get printed because obviously I didn't want loads wasted so I went conservative and they sold out before I even advertised them wow Emma. yeah just from like newsletter and stuff like that and it was really exciting I've got to tell you actually making something putting it out and selling it the dopamine hits are off the charts well your brain was releasing chemicals oh it was going wild was it yeah because putting something out into the world that people want to buy it's just like... It's difficult. It's a, well, it's such a big validation. So I ordered some more and now I've got bloody hundreds of them. <laughs> so order your zines, people. But it did get me thinking about the power of... Zines. Creative, nope. creative side projects. So right. that's a low cost, a low cost item. It's going to be hard to make, you know, a lot of money on it. Um, but I really enjoyed putting my thoughts down in a way that I hadn't done before and creating just creating something new from scratch it's nice to finish something yeah and I feel like I just got so much from it from the process um and it was nice to do something that wasn't so like I didn't I didn't need to you know it's not like my whole salary like my whole life's riding on it um obviously didn't want to lose money on it but yeah it was just like the, the thrill of these little creative side projects and thinking about things business related that give you that sense of I don't know like the the energy that comes with the hustle and as you say completing something but without like oh I'm quitting my job and everything is going into this like those little projects can just be so fulfilling I found it very very fulfilling. Yeah I think it is important to finish things sometimes having ideas well sometimes having ideas isn't easy but I was going to say it's easy to have lots of ideas but actually seeing something through from you know the genesis of the idea the germ of the idea to actually something where lots of things in this day and age don't end up being a tangible thing but to see an idea and actually be like wow it's I'm holding it I did it yeah and I think that was what was most thrilling about it because I've been you know putting out content in the digital space now for a really long time and most of my work that's not related to social media also happens virtually now there's not a lot of face-to-face interaction in my job now and I think just making something even though it was a small thing it was a printed thing just making something and understanding you know how much it like costs to post things and print things and design things like there's something about making something that imprints on you it's changed it's almost like changed the way that I like look at things in shops and think about 
how things are made even though it was only a very small thing it's just I don't know I just think humans we we're meant to make things there's something inherent about tactility and it's been such a time of like living virtually particularly for me in the way that my work's shifted I'm just completely obsessed with the real world and it was just so nice like I could have all of that information that I put into that zine I could have made like a few reels out of it and the feeling at the end of it would have been so different Mm. um and I'm just so into the real world even to the point like I want to do a live event of this podcast even though you know our audience is still quite small I'm just just be a guy and his dog I'm just like sod it I just want to like see people and just welcome to my world (laughs) I just like I'm just really into the real world oh you a good good idea for a t-shirt something to do with reels r-e-a-l not reels yeah real life not Not life in reels (laughs) yeah that's it I mean we may need to work on that a little bit yeah because what are you left with after a reel nothing just sits on your instagram yeah, I know. Uh, well, I mean, what are you left with now? A garage full of zines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you talk about your weeks and your life, it's full of all these like deep touch points and these like connections with your soul and how you look at the world. I mean, currently I'm trying to buy a Walkman off eBay. It's the biggest thing that's happening <laughs> in my world. I watched a film with Phoenix last week we watched license to drive which is a 80s film it has Corey Haim in it it has Corey Fieldman in it watching films like that with Phoenix is amazing because all of the things he loves about it are unusual things so like the kids bedrooms Mm. in that film he looks he's like oh my god and because they'd have like a big stereo in Mm. their room Mm. and I remember when I got my first stereo, that mm. is a massive rite of passage yeah. when you are young. And I just thought, well, what do they have now? They have a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. You know, they are innately usually crap, mm. be honest, in terms of like sound quality. And you can't really pour over a Bluetooth speaker and really get that ownership. And it sits in your room. It's just like a little blob, isn't it? A little ball. Can't put stickers on it. And I think he had, this kid had a, like a phone in his room and... You know, there's a lot of personality, there's posters, there's iconography. It's just so bland now. Mm. And I don't, maybe every generation says that. Something that's digital is just innately, it's just bland. It's beige, isn't it? Well, yeah, you can't, that's what I'm saying. You can't get, you can't wrap your hands around it. Phoenix can't curate Mm. a music collection of CDs in his room that sort of defines him. No. It's just. Oh, th- th- there's this thing called Spotify. It has every piece of music that's ever been made. There yeah. you go. And Great. Then, and then it's like choice paralysis. Yes. You used to have to listen to the tapes that you had. And generally you would listen to whole albums. It was like storytelling through, you know, one person's art. Now it's like, oh, I feel like this and I feel like this. It's very sort of like reactive to your mood it's like instant gratification I feel like I want this song on so I can get it rather than I like this artist I'm going to sit here and like listen to an hour's worth of their music I I just feel like it's harder to form your identity now as a child because so so many things that used to define you have been kind of taken away and just said well look you you have access to everything now yeah, I guess I on the flip side to that, 
I would say there are more ways to explore and express your identity because if you were a kid growing up back then and you didn't feel like you could see role models and versions of you know slightly older people teens adults who reflected your values and how you relate to yourself that was could be quite suppressing so I would say on the positive side today's generation of kids have so many different expressions of identity to look at which can be very helpful with being more comfortable with who you are rather than just like I see these type of people at school or I see these people in the media who you know are probably going to be of a certain you know favored type anyway so I think that is one positive thing we have more empathy now but we're less human we have more empathy but we're less human yeah, I think I'm really into being human. No, that's what I'm trying to say. It's, yeah. you know, when you watch these old 80s films, there are problems. There's, you know, there are problems with them massively. And I'll get into that in a minute. But there's also an innocence and a, you know, kids seeing other kids communicate. Yeah, but that's why I think Stranger Things was so huge because... I think the sort of generate the younger generation that were into it, sort of Gen Z. I think to watch a bunch of kids coming of age just cycling around with like walkie talkies and playing D and D. There's something about that. It feels it feels so pure. It feels so magical. It feels like how almost like how childhood how you want it to be. Yet that is so inaccessible for so many young people because they're on their phones they're not allowed freedom like that they there are so many big problems in the world that they've got on their mind like that sense of just being like on an adventure and being like having that ultimate freedom and space with just with other kids I think is really something that that today's generation find that hard to access it's exactly the same as me talking about curating your own cd or tape collection they can't even do that with the things that they care about because you have to care about everything now because when you're scrolling you could be going from donald trump is going for re-election again to i don't know your mate doing something yeah i have a, a word for that if you'd like benj yeah the context collapse. Yes. So there is no sort of like sustained context to the type of um, content, entertainment, information that you're absorbing. As you say, it's coming through in these tiny bite-sized mm. videos or whatever it might be. And it's like one thing's really sad. That scared me. The next thing's really like frivolous, mm. like really funny. And there's just a complete context collapse and it's just like your brain is just like it's just fizzing i used to be super chilled out with devices and i i still am but it's it's about what they're doing you know i just i want them to communicate face to face more so we went to london we went skateboarding and and phoenix took a friend and then on the journey back you know it was night time we had the radio on and i could see that in the back the, you know, they were illuminated by their devices and they were sharing the same space, but they're just consuming different things. And occasionally they'd laugh and they'd hold the phone. Oh, look at this. And 
it's rose tinted glasses but i was sad because i thought the journey back would be us all just chatting you know those kind of old family journeys that you have and that is gone yeah that has gone because they've got these devices that yeah. unfortunately in how that they are designed they do trump almost all other passions i mean they just trump everything that's why i think the role of play and passions is even more significant in older childhood they reckon that sort of types of play like that use like your imagination and things like that start to fall away from eight right so young so i think when kids get older they have to have play interests to just continually ground them and remove that physically remove them from just being on those devices because if i know on a weekend or whatever phoenix has been out skateboarding out and about with his mates you know and he's been doing that for hours i don't really mind so much that he will sort of come back and you know, no, because the scales are tipped exactly, massively in the favour exactly. of, of being active. and Exactly. And that's where you do see them communicate, as you'd expect. One thing I would say, though, because you talk on the phone a lot, we've talked about this before, and every time Phoenix is, you know, he wants to, like, organise something with a friend or whatever, he will just ring them. And yes. I, I don't know if that is actually typical of boys I, his age. No, like, it, I think it that's is typical. Re- they don't like texting because it's words and typing, and they, I think they think it's like schoolwork. But don't worry, that comes. Yeah, it's good, though, because he does just ring. And he's, we've got friends that we knew when we used to live in London years ago that we're still in touch with, and he keeps in touch with um, one of those kids through chatting whilst they game and that's like I was thinking about this the other day I was like that that relationship would have probably have fizzled out if there wasn't such a thing as being yeah. able to game together online so I think when when they communicate like that with their games it's like the, the game is like because they can't play together in you know real life together because they're living in different parts i think it's really nice it facilitates that but it's the talking whilst they're doing it that i think is really great yeah i just i just do not and maybe every generation has said this but i just do not see how their generation going forward could ever be nostalgic about this time yeah, but they will. They will. I mean, Phoenix already says things like, oh, I'm so worried about Scout. Like, he's going to be like, have a phone when he's five. <laughs> and he's like, kids are all, they're all just like on there. They're all just on I, TikTok now. And I'm like, you're only 12. <laughs> I, I don't see these times as sort of vibrant and colourful. I actually think the digitization of everything is really, really grey and colourless and lifeless and bland. Yeah, unless you're a person doing the creating, and I think this is also an interesting part of this conversation. When what you're watching online, when you're when you're on social media, you're watching actually people express their creativity, and I think if you're only consuming it, not doing it yourself, that is a problem. So I definitely had and like an addiction to Instagram, and also was getting frustrated sort of watching it, and 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 when I dug into that it was because I actually wanted to be showcasing some kind of creativity that's when I started Playful Den I was like I'm actually rather than just passively scrolling this I'm gonna like make something Mm. and the the switch in your relationship my relationship was really massive because I felt like I was actually participating in it rather than just like 
you know, sort of being on the sidelines and not really getting much from it. And now it, it's a bit like what I was saying about making something makes me feel differently about being a consumer. Like making stuff and putting stuff out there makes me feel differently about who am I following? What am I getting out of that? How do I want to curate what's in my feed? So I think there is something to be said about it's about just really being intentional and like knowing what you're doing on those platforms like what do you want to get that's why I was happy to encourage Phoenix starting the Instagram but only if it was like for a specific reason so Mm -hmm. it's for his skateboarding you and him you know you do it together you work on the films together it's it's not just something that he's allowed to just post whatever he wants on which sounds really restrictive but I think it's appropriate given his age that it's sort of parent yeah I like that I do like that but um, that is certainly not the case for 99% of young people on Instagram. It's kind of the, yeah, it's the privileged position of, oh, yeah, but I, I make the content. I don't consume it. Well, he, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. Which is a great way to for, for him to understand how Instagram works. Yes, because the better side of it is absolutely to be a content creator and not, consuming just endless stuff but you don't necessarily have to become a creator on social media that's what I'm saying it's like everyone on here is expressing some form of creativity what is yours in your real life like I think when the digital world is at its most sort of positively empowering for young people is when it inspires real life behavior so I've done a lot of research with kids who you know they might see they might watch let's just be really simple slime making videos and then they go and have a whole experience that doing it with their friends they start trying to sell it at school like when it like prompts a real life play pattern Mm. essentially then I think it's really good I think when you're just vicariously living all of the time through other people then that is a problem yes that is a problem no me and Scout were watching um Red Panda is it Red Panda no turning red turning red that film fascinates me because that's a, a film that is designed to be watched and consumed by young children living now they can't even set this film in a contemporary time because visually that is just so you know what what would that be it would be a load of people in kids rooms on their phones which is is the most uncinematic thing and a bad way to tell stories so they've had to you know they've set it in the kind of what the early aughts it's really hard to tell when it's set. Because it's like, it's flip phones, they're burning CDs yeah. for each other. I don't believe that they've just done that for the adults that are taking their kids to see that at the cinema as something to be like, oh, this is cool. I believe they've done that because if you're making a show or a film for children now and you, you wanted to set it now, I think that's really difficult. I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before, so apologies if we're repeating ourselves. But um, I think that film is about the magic of girlhood and sort of having friends, coming of age, you know, having really tight friendships. And I think to express that through contemporary communication channels is not as entertaining to That's what I'm saying. That's a shame though, isn't it? Or think about because... 
yeah, everything that they are doing in terms of like, what is it that ties together this group of girls are very tactile things, writing notes, Mm. um, making up dances, gestures, like they're all very timeless expressions of communication. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's unfilmable now. Yeah. So it doesn't translate well to film, but also I feel like it always, it also comes with so much baggage. So if you're like watching, uh, because so, you know, it has been translated into so many like forms of animation, like texting and social media and stuff like that. But I feel like it always comes with this extra like negative baggage of, oh, you know, you know, I've posted a photo, like, how does she feel about that? Who's going to like it? Now she's got anxiety. Like, I feel like you can't show it without having that sort of like, side play of like question marks i guess to wrap all of this up i'm ever so slightly concerned that there's a lack of i don't know i don't really know what i'm trying to say i think you are someone who is very uh sociable and has very i think you have quite good communication skills like face-to-face communication skills and you're very good at relationship building and you do that in a quite analog way and I think it get it brings you a lot of uh, fulfillment and joy and you make a lot of connections like you go into a cafe you're like oh I'm like friends with everyone in there now <laughs> but I and I think you I can see why you'd be concerned at the thought of not having those skills but also just those experiences in life yeah maybe it's this is evolution and maybe that the issue with phones and tech is that they are not innately natural things for human beings to do whereas conversing with your fellow man or breaking bread you know has been being done for thousands of years and now there's okay that's just not happening as much because of these very strange little devices with little screens on i think that's true i think there's like timeless things like looking each other in the eye yes like being around like fire like candles and fire pits and eating food together playing games together you know there are these like very timeless ways of connecting and we have to keep those alive we do we have to but i think communicating is one of the most sophisticated things humans do it's like what what sets us apart from all other species is how we imagine and how we communicate we are amazing at these things so it is also i suppose logical that we continue to find new ways to communicate now we're at a point where it's like so complicated we've got so many different forms of communication we can talk in emojis we can share memes we can make little videos like there are just endless ways to communicate and they are always getting quicker as well like if you think about a meme is actually quite incredible that you can share something that connects to so many people around a specific thing that you find funny like that is actually like do you know what I mean it's like dialing in to a specific like bit of like situational comedy or feeling that millions of people will all connect with just from seeing one meme Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's it like that is really like indicative of how 
yeah, how like sophisticated we are in sharing meanings and messages and communicating. So I think it's just natural that we're always going to seek out different ways to do that. But I think you're right in that we have to make sure that we keep the ones going that are, as we've been talking about on this whole episode, you know, tactility, the real world, being with people, looking at people in the eye, sharing food, wrestling, you know, hands on, yeah. like, you know, we've been talked about so many actually in this, in, in this conversation, we have to keep those going. Yeah. And I we- think when you can integrate the digital world and make it, you know, the confluence of those two things, it can be lovely. It can be yeah. amazing. I think it's just when one is just, it's the balance, isn't it? One, when the scales are so, so weighted to the digital world, I think eventually you're going to come undone there, aren't you? Totally. And I'm I'm really working on my, getting my screen time down. And the big, the big one for me, because I feel like if you just try and be like, I'm trying to get off my phone, it's too generic. So I'm focusing on not having my phone in the bedroom Mm -hmm. at all. And I did it all last week and my sleep is so much better and my screen time is so much lower because what happens is I'll get ready for bed and then something will pop up on my phone and it's like I'm just like a robot. Like I'll just blink and like an hour has gone, like just browsing Vinted or scrolling on Instagram or Mm. refreshing my emails. It's like I'm a zombie, like I'm not even in control of it. So I know for me, I just physically cannot have that phone in my bedroom because it Mm. just happens every single night and when I don't I just read myself to sleep and the quality of my sleep even with being woke up most nights at 3am by Scout is so so much better. Well I do think phones we are almost cyborgs because although they are not innately part of our actual bodies really they are in our pockets and in our hand and close to us almost 24 7 so the the technology has really been integrated into our very bodies really so it's almost just like your hand all that information is there it's it's a bit like terminator it is the start of us becoming machines they call it the fifth limb yeah it's, it's very very true but on that note you have tethered yourself to me through technology because i've got an apple watch that you bought for me mm. and you synced it to mm. your apple watch oh yeah so my oh my oh, god yeah. my watch you is, see all my achievements it's so smug like every single day it's like ben's just done a workout ben is perfect ben's won an award yeah. ben's had a perfect week yeah now that's the side of technology i can get behind Ben is perfect. We're tethered by tech. At exercise. No, but look, I I feel like I'm building up to doing something big with this this phone business or just me being on it less. Um, it's It's the quality of what you're doing, isn't it? Yeah. I'm a big believer in how powerful they are and how amazing they can be. But I think it's about being honest with yourself, yeah. isn't it? So when you yeah. do have those hours, you know, where you could spiral down maybe an, a YouTube hole or an Instagram hole, sometimes it's fun to do that. Yeah. And I've done it with music on YouTube where you just start watching old music videos and stuff. And it's almost when you go and do something else, you kind of think back and you think, wow, I, I didn't need to do that for one hour. Yeah, totally. And I like, sometimes I sort of like scheduling it in. So I'm like, what am I going to do this evening? I actually really want to go on Instagram because I follow people that I genuinely am interested in. Like my, I've really sort of worked on making sure that who I follow matches my interests rather than just like, 
oh, I'm following loads of mums because I'm a mum. Like, I'm mm. not, it's nothing bad to them, but like, it's just not really that creatively stimulating to me. So now I follow like mermaids and <laughs> outdoor water swimming yeah. and artists and kind of like nature accounts. So it's all like really interesting stuff to me. But if I sit down and I'm like, tonight I actually want to sit down and just like really like look at Instagram. And then I feel like that's not really any different to me sitting down and be like, I'm going to binge a show on Netflix. It's when it like catches me unaware and it's like the constant checking of it that I really want to cut cut down on because what we do know from the research about kids, there's a lot that we don't know about kids in tech, but what we do know is that their behaviours massively mirror their parents like the parents phone and technology relationship and behavior has a direct impact on the child's Mm. can we row all the way back to the boathouse because my original point was about i'm buying a walkman yeah now that was about 40 minutes ago we could actually row because it hasn't stopped raining for about (laughs) yeah no i'm buying a walkman because not to put in the cabinet or put in this retro room i'm gonna use that sucker right yeah i'm gonna run with it so it's gonna i need one that's got a clip well you better have some tight shorts because it's gonna pull them right do you think down. do you think it will yeah your butt's gonna be out my friend called it calls it a mall clip he's like oh yeah you clip it onto your belt so when you're walking around the mall <laughs> so i'm oh i just missed out on one but uh, no i'm buying a walkman because i've got loads of tapes because mm. we as a display thing when we were designing this room i put a load of cassettes up i'm doing it because I, I just don't even really enjoy spotify netflix streaming i'm just starting to feel out of control like i don't have control over things because it's just it's everything i'm really anti-netflix at the moment i don't watch anything well, there anything go- well there goes that netflix sponsorship i'm not interested in what other people are watching on that you know there's always a show that everyone's watching and I, you know i concede that okay i watch stranger things and i'll watch that whenever that comes out but i think i'm just done consuming i know what you mean it's it's, it's choice paralysis it's yes. like there's too there's too much and yeah, I don't... How many people can relate to just scrolling through Netflix for half an hour and then you, you don't watch anything? But also, how funny is it? Like, how we're, how interstrictly we are. Like, we've got to that point where it's just like, I want to watch something that the whole family can watch and it's just on every week. We're following it along. Yeah, it's... But beyond that, sitting down and watching something by myself. You know, look, I, I, I do understand that people... I know that vinyl has had a massive resurgence and people like to create music collections but i'm talking like masses very you know no one's doing that most people if they listen to something it's going to be on spotify or apple music and i think it's that just me feeling you're just another number aren't you because everyone listens to spotify or or apple music and everyone watches netflix or amazon prime it's you can't be defined like i don't know i just find it so so boring i think you are uh, you your relationship with entertainment and film and music they are a massive part of your identity in a way that isn't so for me mm. so i think for you it's like you like the ease and just like you can't believe how good this is yeah i think for you it's like you they are they are expressions of your identity and particularly when you are sort of coming of age you obviously have 
I think a lot of people have these experiences, but for you, I think it's... Emma, darling. Like your relationship. The decorator has arrived. You're, oh, I see. Oh, God, yeah. okay. We're going to have to wrap up. this up. Right, I'm buying a Walkman. I'm going to use the Walkman. You I'm buying express loads express yourself. I'm going to, yeah. Uh, I'm going to express myself through my Walkman. Okay, well, well... And I'm not doing it as a hipster, and it's not bloody ironic. And on the next episode, you will report back and let us know if your bum's been out or you're running. Yeah, I'll be like, the sound quality's rubbish. I'm going through a lot of batteries. <laughs> Right, everyone, thank you for listening. The decorator's here. Do the things, share it, say it, be it. Live playfully. Laters. Bye.